Hi, everybody. I'm meteorologist Joe Martucci with the Press of Atlantic City. We are wrapping up July, and that means for another month, we have Dr. David Robinson here from Rutgers University, my alma mater as well. He's also the state climatologist uh, for New Jersey, and we're going to talk all about the uh, hot weather, the humid weather, the rainy weather at times that happened throughout the state. So, Dr. Robinson, we appreciate you coming on today. Thank you for your time. You bet. My pleasure. All right. So, you know, I think when people are going to look back and think of July, uh, people are going to, I think, first think about how unsettled it was over the, the last, you know, couple of days in a month. But I think if it wasn't for that, people would be saying how hot it was at the beginning of the month. Uh, you know, we had an eight-day stretch of 90-degree heat here at Atlantic City International Airport. The beach concert we had with Sam Hunt on July 1st was nothing short of sweltering from what our reporters and what our people on the beach were saying. So what was the rundown uh, for temperatures so far during the month of July in the southern half of the state? And where, where do you think we're going to end up uh, from a historical perspective? Yeah, it's a real good question. We're, we're running about a degree and a half above normal for the uh, for the month of uh, July in the southern half of the state. Um, that's a, unusual. Uh, it may not sound like a lot, but when it comes to summer, there's not a lot of usually a broad range of temperature. Um, that would it's going to end up somewhere in the top 20 okay. out of the last 125 years mm -hmm. of, of July weather across southern New Jersey. Okay. Um, there's a chance it could touch on the top 10 when all the numbers are in, um, but it's a lot to be in the top 20, but it's nowhere near being the top four or five. But it it's just continues a string of very warm Julys, very warm summers across the Garden State. The vast majority of the top 15 to 20 warm summers and Julys across New Jersey have been um, secured or locked in in the last 20 years or so. Yeah. Um, it's just getting warmer in the right. summer. And it's not a coincidence. Uh, I think that would be fair to say. Is that correct? Yeah, we're beyond the chance of coincidence. This is getting into the level of significance and, and being attributed to the overall global warming pattern, which um, cannot be explained without bringing a human uh, contribution into the equation. Sure, sure. Let, let's talk about the uh, kind of a little more in detail in the month, and we'll start with the heat wave again. You know, Atlantic City International Airport, 90 degree plus heat for eight days in a row. Um, and then, like we said, after the 21st of July, come humid and unsettled. But going back to the heat wave, um, you know, what drove the heat wave and, and maybe not so much just for Atlantic City Airport, but in all of New Jersey, where does this – you know, heat wave rank in history. Um, is it something significant or is it just kind of, eh, it's another heat wave for us here in New Jersey? Yeah, well, first of all, you have to look at that heat wave, not only in the context of New Jersey, but of the entire nation. Yeah. Because there was one gigantic, what we call high pressure ridge mm -hmm. across the, uh, the bulk of the United States. And with that, uh, the air subsides under high pressure um, and as it subsides to the surface, it compresses, and with the compression, it warms. Uh, it also kept clouds away and kept precipitation away during those first few days, week, 10 days of, of the month. 
Um, it did not set records in terms of the extreme nature of any given day. Um, the 3rd of July was the warmest, and there might have been a few records touched, mm -hmm. um, but it was somewhat notable due to the persistence, the fact it lasted eight days, um, over 90 at scattered parts uh, across the state. Um, we're seeing more of those extended warm spells. Yep. I, I haven't looked specifically at Atlantic City, but I looked in New Brunswick, um, and there have been 17 five-day heat waves of over 90 in New Brunswick okay. just since 2010, and no other complete decade um, going back to the late 19th century has had more than a dozen, and we still have a summer and a half to go. Right. Um, so we are seeing a more unusual prevalence of extended episodes of heat rather than extreme levels of heat. Right. Okay. And I think, and you know, this also definitely extends into the overnight lows as well. I mean, obviously the high temperatures are the, uh, the sexy ones when it comes towards summertime, but overnight low temperatures, you know, have been above average as well during the month of July, correct? Um, the, in the last week or so. In the last week but or so. Real interesting. We've only looked at statewide values so far, but it's going to be a top 10 July for daytime heat, but only in the top 30 or so for nighttime lows. Okay. And that's because it was so dry early in the month. Mm -hmm. We had quite a few nights when it got into the 50s and 60s across the state. Um, and, and, and that kept the, uh, but then in the last week with the extreme southerly flow we've had in this area with incredible levels of humidity, that's when the nighttime lows have been well above normal and the daytime highs, not so much. Right. Smaller temperature range. So we really had two phases to this July, mm. a hot, dry beginning and a warm, moist end. Right. Right. Understood. And. You know, when we're uh, when we're talking about the heat, and this will be my last question for it. You know, the highest we got up to was 98 degrees here in Atlantic City. The last time we had 100 degrees um, at Atlantic City International Airport was July 18th, 2012. Now, tell me, you know, do you think? I mean, obviously, 100 degrees is well, well, well above average, but. Do you think it's harder to hit 100 degrees in southeastern New Jersey compared to some other portions of the state? And if so, why would that be? Or if not, why Why is it all the same? Yeah. Well, I, I think the, the areas where it's most difficult to get those extreme hot temperatures are at the higher elevations in northwestern New Jersey and right along the coast, be it the Delaware Bay coast or the Atlantic sure. coast. There, it's exceedingly difficult. I don't know the last time Atlantic City Marinas hit 100. I'm sure they have. But when you go inland to the airport, you get into the sandy soils of the Pinelands, and it, it's not as difficult uh, to get hot daytime temperatures uh, away from the modifying influences of the coastal waters. Um, so 100 degrees isn't all that common across the state. People sure. think that we get to 100 every summer where it's more like one out of every three or four summers you might get to 100. And, and what we found very interesting, if you get a summer where it hits 100, you kind of have a better chance of hitting 100 again that summer than <laughs> in an adjacent summer. It's kind of once a pattern becomes established, it sometimes locks in for a while and you can get multiple days over 100 mm -hmm. and then go the next five years without having any days. And, you know, it, 
Yeah, and when you say that, I mean, one year that just, like, rushes right into my memory is 2011. And uh, Atlantic City had a pair of 100 – it was either 104 or 105-degree days. And Newark, I remember Newark Airport, a hundred, it was three days above 100. One day was 108, and the following day was 105. I think the other one was 100. So going right into your point, what you were saying about the uh, the long stretches of uh, – or longer, you know, not just one-day spells of 100-degree heat. Right, but but again, in in most summers, mm. hundreds hard to attain. So sure. if the airport got up to ninety eight in July. That's pretty darn hot. Sure, that's getting up into record breaking or near record breaking categories. Inland records this time of the year are generally upper nineties to low one hundreds. Uh, along the coast, there would be in the low to mid nineties, with maybe a couple up higher. Right. Okay. Great. Um, let's shift over to rainfall. Um, you know, later second half of the month, or at least the last week or so, and even as we, uh, you know, look towards the beginning of August, looks to be generally unsettled. Um, but we were, uh, you know, looking back at again at the southeastern New Jersey, um, you know, a little drier for the first half of the month. Um, so where are we in terms of uh, South Jersey with our rainfall? We're really very fortunate. Uh, despite the fact people might, who were vacationing might not think so, that we had the rains we did the last week um, because we were starting to slide into abnormally dry territory. The National Drought Monitor had a week ago designated Cape May, Cumberland, uh, and Salem, and even a little bit of Western Gloucester in the abnormally dry category, the first step as one sometimes may slide into drought. Now, with the rains of the last week, that wiped away that concern uh, and almost gave us a month's worth of rainfall, particularly when you add a little bit that fell earlier in the month. So right now, Atlantic County area is running about four to five inches for the month. Um, that's about average for the mm -hmm. full month of July. Yep. Um, some areas, the rain gauge has had maybe five plus inches. A few areas have missed some of the storms. Maybe you're in the three and a half to four range. But we're doing okay. Um, pretty much average conditions for rainfall in July, with perhaps the last few days of the month providing a bit more. Right, right. And I think uh, our lawns have been very happy with that. Our lawn at the press is doing actually really well. Uh, so I think a lot of people are going to be happy with that. But we're talking about the month of July, right? I mean, once you get into late July, into early August, or into August, you start to see your, you know, you might see your lawn start to brown. So. You know, how much rain you know, do you need to kind of keep up the, uh, the green lawns across the area? Do we need something about average or do we really need something above average to, to get there? And obviously, I know, you know the past couple of months play an effect as well. Right. Yeah. Well, first of all, most people put too much water on their lawn to keep it green. Mm -hmm. But aside from that, if one <laughs> wants to just keep a green lawn without watering it. Yeah. Would need you, you have to resign yourself to it's going to be a couple of dry weeks right with warm temperatures during the summer and your lawn's going to get browner as they were across much of the if you will unirrigated lawns of the state mm -hmm. early in july <laughs> <clears throat> they've really perked back up are despite the fact that july is one of the wettest months of the year um, particularly inland because of all the storms along the southeast coast it's a little drier because your thunderstorms tend to lose a little bit of their punches. They make it towards the somewhat cooler waters. Mm. Uh, but there's still an ample amount of precipitation. However, 
if you look at the other part of the uh, um, water budget, if you will, it's evaporation. And because of all the warmth, evaporation tends to exceed precipitation during the summer months, which tells you um, that with average precipitation, you're going to see some drying mm -hmm. of your vegetation. Um, and, and with the scattered nature of the rainfall, which is generally the pattern during the summer, yep. you're going to have these episodes where things are going to start drying out. And then along will come a week's worth of um, above average rain and it will perk up again. Um, dare I say, we may at some point later this summer dry out again and see things start to brown up a little. Uh, that's kind of the nature of the summer. Sure. Keep lawns green all summer long you are going to need above normal precipitation. Yep, got it, got it. Let's uh, kind of building upon that in, uh, you know, maybe people's perceptions of how, how the summer goes is, you know, we're talking thunderstorms. I mean, you know, a lot of times I'll get questions, you know, oh, you know, it, it's going to rain today, right? And my answer is, yeah, but not everywhere and most of, you know, most people will be dry most of the time. You know, give us an idea or just kind of take us a little bit behind what goes into, you know, determining whether in the summer something is going to be really a washout, which we don't have too often here during the summer, or more of those regular kind of thunderstorm days and what goes into the dynamics of getting those regular thunderstorm days where, again, most places or some places will be dry and not really enough to cancel your trip to the beach or your boating excursion or even if you're doing landscaping. Yeah, and I can think of about four different scenarios where you could get some heavy rain um, in a July. One right away would be a tropical system. Mm -hmm. They're more common later in the season. But a tropical um, system can really provide you with ample rainfall <laughs> over sure. a multiple-hour period. Another would be a simple run-of-the-mill air mass thunderstorm. You've got enough moisture in the air. You have your heating of the day. And uh, a thunderstorm or a complex of thunderstorms will percolate um, within the region and dump local amounts of precipitation that could be heavy. Um, they're not generally the ones that have the widest spatial distribution of precipitation. Then you can have a frontal system um, where an air mass of one type is being exchanged for another one, where you'd have a warm, moist air mass in place and in from the west or northwest comes a drier air mass. And with that, um, some really notable dynamics that help to lift the air and lift it in a broad swath as the front moves through. And there you can get squall lines, which will have varied amounts of wind and rain and lightning across the state. But you can oftentimes get them through a good portion of the state to, to deposit you know, sometimes if they're quick moving, you know, a half an inch, an inch, uh, maybe locally heavier amounts. And then the fourth is what we've been experiencing in the bulk of the last week of the month. And that's when you set up a, a very rich flow of moisture from the from the Caribbean and subtropics and then pull a little bit of more moisture off the closer by Atlantic, which is getting to some warm water surface temperatures, which uh, amplifies evaporation and you just create a complex which is not just over New Jersey but it's related to atmospheric pressure patterns in the Atlantic and back over the eastern half of the United States 
and sometimes they lead to a corridor of this moisture-rich air coming up. And there, you know, day after day, you can keep generating um, more, more heavy rainfall episodes. And over enough days, it kind of sweeps back and forth around and up and through the state, and you yep. get pretty good rains everywhere, with some areas getting particularly doused. Now, this week, we were in that flow. But we happen to be on the eastern side of the richest part of that flow, mm -hmm. which was from Washington, Baltimore, up the Susquehanna Valley into western New York. And there, they were measuring rainfall in the 6, 8, 10 to 12 inch range, yeah. while in New Jersey, most of the rains were in the 2 to 6 inch range. Right. And that was actually, you know past week we saw hershey park uh turn into uh, a little bit of a water park for a couple of days there with all the rain they saw yeah. on a central part yeah. of pa that and and that's that's pretty rare when it persists for as many days as it did but basically you had a high pressure system off the coast with its clockwise flow and we were on what we call the back side of the high and that was pushing moisture up from the south and then we had a rather unusual dip in the jet stream to the west of us. Mm. Unusual for this time of the year when the jet stream usually just hangs out in Canada. And we were on the eastern side of that flow, uh, counterclockwise flow over the western, excuse me, the eastern half of the country. So we were in this alleyway or this corridor between the high to the east and, and the trough or low to the west. And that just opened up this corridor for this rich flow of moisture from the south. And, and with that, very high levels of moisture in the atmosphere. You got the daytime heating and you just fired off these squalls of heavy rain. Not even accompanied by thunder sometimes because you didn't have the cold air mixing in as much as you would with, say, uh, a cold front approaching. Mm and with that just some incredible dumps of rain in relatively short periods of time yeah yeah and that's also um you know we were talking about the high pressure out in the atlantic uh has a has an impact on or at least a uh, is a factor towards what we could be seeing for the rest as we go into hurricane season correct or uh, also correct well if this pat if there had been a storm um like we saw with irene back in 2000 uh, and, and, and 11. 11. If there had been an Irene coming into the southeastern U.S. Uh, or the Caribbean this week, and if it would have come right up this corridor and made added insult to injury. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was actually the case with Irene and a little bit of the case with Floyd back in 1999. Mm -hmm. These were not isolated wet events. August of 2011 was already wet because this corridor was open and and Irene just jumped on the conveyor belt and, and back in September of 1999 Floyd wasn't the only tropical system that came up the coast in again another situation when that corridor was open so we're really quite fortunate that this week the pattern didn't have a tropical system associated with it yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> i think uh you know with all this uh not so nice weather for the jersey shore uh i think that would like you said insult 
to uh, injury here. Um, all right, well, you know, wrapping up here, um, anything particular with the uh, with the winds? Has it been any particularly breezy? I know it's something you cover at the climate office. Um, the only thing I was able to pick out, and I don't know if this is really too much of a big deal, was at the airport, uh, Atlantic City or National Airport, they had a five-day stretch. We just did. Uh, but winds above 30 miles an hour. And typically during the summer, we see, you know, with the exception of a thunderstorm, lighter winds than we would during the uh, shoulder seasons or even the winter. Yeah, I mean, most of our strong winds during the summer are associated with thunderstorms. Um, except along the coast, you might set up a pretty strong sea breeze on a day or two. Mm. Um, we just had this active southerly flow this week. Uh, and with that, there was enough turbulence in the atmosphere. Um, but there wasn't a lot of cold air to mix down to the surface to make the winds exceedingly strong. But you are correct. This week has been the uh, the windiest week of what otherwise been a pretty quiet July. Okay. All right. Yep. And we, uh, you know, looking ahead, um, you know, so we are recording this on July 27th, we should say. Um, we're going to kind of get a little bit of a pattern reload uh, as we go into next week with the high pressure big high pressure out in the Atlantic and low pressure diving into the Midwest. Yeah. And that's something we're going to have to watch out for. Um, if this pattern persists in, well into August and we get more into the tropical season, um, I'm not trying to paint, paint a scenario of 2011 or back to 99, but we are going to have to keep a careful eye on the tropics um, for any storm that would really augment the flow of moisture up here right right um anything in the month of august you know you guys are any uh, particular research or anything you guys are specifically looking at over at the climate office actually we're in the midst of uh, a bit of a project where we're trying to look at the distribution of rainfall events around the state in terms of uh, just whether we're seeing more large rain events as opposed to numerous small events um, that's project doing one of our students. Okay. Um, we don't have any real firm results yet. Uh, there seems that we've gotten a little bit more of our rain in the last decade or two from events that are an inch or more larger on a daily event. And we've had a little bit less rain in the 10 the quarter inch frequency uh, of falling, but it's a little early to project that. But those are the things we're trying to look at. Um, because they have ramifications to our water resources. They have engineering ramifications. If you're looking at storm drainage, uh, if yes. you're getting more of your rain in heavier events, you have to engineer your, um, your systems differently than if the rain's falling more commonly in smaller uh, increments short, or, or uh, shorter or smaller increments. Got always it. something interesting out there, Joe. There's always something interesting. Listen, I know, I know. You you were uh you were really uh, kind enough to listen to my crazy idea about measuring dew points back when I uh, worked with you in 2000 and what was it, 13, 12. Uh, so there's always something interesting out there. Absolutely. Yeah. Actually, I'm I'm I know, and I'm gonna. I was actually trying to look at this myself. Um. Yeah. Any feel for was this a particularly Humid month. I know we have. We're on a streak right now of dew points above seventy. Um, any kind of feel you might have towards that? Yeah, I mean, my feel is it's basically the two-sided look of things, as I mentioned earlier. Yeah. Increase the first half of the month, low dew points, 
Um, second half of the month, well above average dew points. So, you know, that's the thing when you're looking at months sometimes, if they're distributed that way, everything comes out looking average. Yeah, well, right. In the month, you could sleep with your windows open. In the last part of the month, it was so humid, you kept your air conditioners on more for the humidity reduction mm -hmm. than for the cooling. Yeah, yeah. You know, we had, I believe, uh, yesterday here, we yesterday we hit 90. Uh, but before that, we were in the eight. Last time we hit 90 before that was on July 17th. But, you know, to your point, I mean, I had my air conditioner on pretty much all week because, you know, it was very humid out there. Had the frizz factor high, and it's not good for sleeping weather. So um, we appreciate the time, Dr. Robinson. You want to give a shout out real quick to where we can find all of your wonderful weather information about the uh, climate of New Jersey? You can always look for climate histories at the njclimate.org. And if you want to get a look at what's happening five minutes ago, back the last couple of days, go to newjerseyweather.org. All right. Thanks for, thanks for letting us give the plug. Oh, no problem, Dr. Robinson. All right. Well, thank you. We'll, we'll, we'll circle back up with you before we wrap up uh, uh, Labor Day. We'll talk about uh, August, and maybe we can do a little uh, summer recap as well for uh, climatological summer, June, July, and August. That we'll catch you before the semester begins. That's right. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Take care. All right.